This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Betting Weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network. Welcome along to Betting Weekly Game Bet Match, your number one tennis podcast with me, Nigel Seeley. And that because we win ATP Tour senior betting handicapper, Sean Calvert. Sean, we've had another week, another winner. Uh, Start off the week with a winner in Adelaide. We've had the first round in both Adelaide and Auckland. And you left off, started off this week where you left off last week with a nice plus money winner and our only bet of the first round. Yeah, it's going okay so far, isn't it? I think it's just, you know... If you... <laughs> playing it down, just playing it down. Well, you, as I've always said, you can't get too excited about winners and you can't get too deflated about losers. It's, you know, as long as you're making the right bets, you know, sooner or later, in the long term, you know, you should you should be in profit. That's the main thing. Yeah, I'm sure we'll be. And we're in profit at the moment, uh, plus uh, one unit, uh, 18 so far, after just the week and a bit of the new ATP Tour season in 2023. Uh, before we look at the, the, the now the, the outright markets in Adelaide, we're going to start off with Adelaide first. Before we look at the outright markets and okay. the second round matches, um, anything change in your way of thinking after watching the first round matches? Any players that you thought, well, I'm a little bit more impressed with him. He's taken it a little bit more seriously. Or anything like that, what we've seen so far? Yeah, I think it's still a very tricky puzzle to solve. I think I said in Sunday's show that, you know, looking at this draw, it's still, it still has a lot of possibilities for a lot of players. And the first round matches, they haven't really, they haven't really made it any easier. I'm still not, I'm still not convinced that I really want an outright bet in Adelaide. I just think it's, it's, it's too open. It's, it's, there's nothing that strikes me as particularly great value. No, I have to agree as well. I mean, motivation is a factor as well with the Australian Open and the seedings and the draw uh, announced this week. We'll be probably touching on that on, on Thursday's show alongside Sean yeah. as well. Uh, but before we look ahead to next week, let's look at this week. And as I said, it's the Adelaide 2 tournament. These are the latest outright prices with Bet Rivers after the uh, the first round matches. And these are the updated prices. And Angela Rublev uh, is the favourite at plus 275. Karen Kachanov is at $6. Uh, Roberto Bautista Agut is plus, six, plus 650, just ahead of the other double barrel name, Pablo Karina Busta at 7. Uh, Jack Draper is at 9. Kekmanovic at 11. And Kokonakis at 1,400. Um, Tommy Paul also at 1,400. It, you, you'd say it's wide open, and those odds reflect mm-hmm. that. I mean, you certainly wouldn't be wanting to bet Andrew Rublev for me at plus 275 in a field like this a week before a major. But saying mm. that, it's very hard to make cases for lots of these players, isn't it? It is. It's, it's like I said on Sunday that you, know, you, you you look at one player and then you think, okay, he's got a decent chance. You delve into the stats and you think, okay. And then you look further into the draw and you think, well, he's got a poor head to head against the guy who would probably meet in the semifinals or the quarterfinals. And it's one of those draws that it's just it's just too much of a tricky puzzle to solve. And there's, there's nothing looking at this list that I would really be, you know, rushing down the bookies to, to have a bet on, to be honest. No, very, very difficult, uh, the ATP Tour. 
event this week in Adelaide. Uh, let's have a look at some match bets, though. Obviously, there may be some interest mm. in the match bets. There's some, there's some quite interesting match bets. If you look at this, uh, uh, these odds, there's, not, you know, there's some very close-looking matches. And the one that springs to mind straight away is the Tommy Paul v. Jack Draper match. Jack Draper is the marginal favourite, minus 134, against Tommy Paul at minus 107. Um, I think whoever mm. wins that game can go deep in the tournament. Obviously, they're through to the quarterfinals if they win that game. But I was yeah. quite keen on Paul out of all the players, and I was quite interested in the price at plus one hundred seven in that game. Yeah, I think there's there's a, a case to be made for Tommy Paul a slight underdog. There's certainly a case to be made that Draper's a little bit too short in price on this. I mean, Paul, I think I mentioned the other day, has got a pretty good record against left-handers. Uh, he's fifteen wins and seven losses at main level so far in his career. And in the last two seasons, he's 11 wins and five losses against left-handers at main level. And the only losses have come against um, Nadal, um, uh, Shapovalov and and Cam Norrie. So he's got a good record uh, against left-handers. He's, he's, a, he's just a fraction, like 0.7% behind Draper in terms of the um, service, hold, service points one, return points one on outdoor hard courts in the last 12 months. So... Slight, a tiny, tiny favoritism on that based on Draper, but I think that that's balanced out by the fact that Paul's got such a good record against left handers. It just looks like a an even money match to me. This one, mm. I was quite, I was quite tempted by Paul at plus one seven. I wasn't impressed with Jack Draper last week in a game that went overs on incoming catching off match. Uh, and and he might have catching off, honey, if he wins, if he yeah, wins, yeah, he wins, and, and, and most and likely he... get catching off. And he didn't have, um, he obviously played by injuries towards the end of last season as well. So he made just a little bit, bit too early. I was quite a little bit tempted by the plus money of Tommy Paul. Um, and he, that's probably the the pick the, the pick of the matches in the, uh, the second round. But, you, you can know, go through all the, these if you want. I've, I've yeah, sure. These, so. you, you, yeah, run through, run through all your thoughts. Um, I mean, Millman uh, was certainly fortunate to beat Albert Ramos uh, last night. I mean, I'd look at the stats of this match. It went all went, went it went all the way to a final set tiebreak. Uh, Millman won it, but he only won 46% of his second serve points. And Ramos won 72% of his second serve points. So based on that, you would... Uh, and actually, uh, Ramos won two more points in the match overall. So on the basis of that, you would say that Millman was certainly fortunate to win. Um, and a very long match. And now he's got Davidovich Fakina, who played really well in his first round and who's had a, an extra day to recover. So it's it's hard to make a case for Millman in that one. Um, moving on to Huesler against Kashanov. This is a match we watched, didn't we, in Paris? Yep. Um, just at the end of last year. When I, well, I had to go and stand at the back because my, my back had seized up. But we watched it and Kashanov won it. It was three sets in the end, but it, it was relatively comfortable three sets. They've played twice before. Um, Kachanov's serve has just proved too much for Huesler so far. He's won, Kachanov's won 86% and 81% of his first serve points against Huesler. Um so it's on the matchup so far it's, it's it's not easy to make a case for Huesler winning that one and it's even harder to make a case for Robin Haas I mean his his story has just been crazy hasn't it the last six years I, mean, I don't know whether everyone's familiar with it by now they probably are familiar with what's happened in Robin Haas's life in the last six years but you know he's not won a a, a main level match until he beat Benjamin Bonzi I think 2021 was the last time he won at main level Robin Haaser. And he, he came in as an alternate in qualies, beat Fuksovic, um there, and uh, then I think he lost to Echeverry, got in as a lucky loser and beat Bonzi, who we were talking about the other day, weren't we, for as a possible fade, but the prices mm. weren't quite right. But well, we wouldn't have faded him if we knew he was playing Arsenal, would we? 
No. I think well, it's very Cressy, difficult. But uh, Cressy pulled out as well, didn't he? They both ended up. Well, yeah. Cressy pulled out, and and Bonzi ended up lo- losing to to Robin Harsler. Um, yeah, on, on the basis of what I'm looking at on the screen here, there's there's not a, a great deal that tempts me. The only one I actually quite like in um, in Adelaide is is a small parlay. If you want me to to talk about that, it's one match here and one match in Adelaide. Well, give us the first leg here, and then what we do is we come on yeah. to the second leg. So, the first leg of the parlay, Sean is a nice price parlay for us here. So, let's go to the first leg here, and then we'll talk about the second leg when we come to the Auckland event in a second. Okay, yeah, it's the, it's the Andre Rublev against uh, Thanasi Kokinakis match. I think this is a, another tough opening round for for Rublev, isn't it? We we backed Bautista Rogut against him last week in Adelaide one, uh, and we were successful with that one. And again, this is a this is a tough match for Rublev against what's going to be a very partisan home crowd in in favour of Kokinakis. Uh, these two actually practiced the other day, Kokinakis. I think it was from from his comments. I think he was quite impressed with uh, with the power of Rublev. Um, but he's got a good record. He's got a fabulous record actually here. Cock in Arcus, nine wins, two losses. Uh, he's held serve over ninety percent of the time in Adelaide. Um, so if you've got those sort of figures on your side, you you know you've got a decent chance. And again, this is, as I say, it's a tough first round match for for Rublev. Cock in Arcus, obviously highly motivated. I know it's the Australian Open next week, but he, he desperately needs ranking points. You know, after dropping out of the top one hundred, he needs to. Just sneak his way back in there. Um, I just think this is one of those matches where it could end up in just the fatigue getting the better of Kokinakis. Played a lot of tennis. Another tough two-hour, 47 minutes it was against Alexi Popperin the other day. Um, on top of what he presumably was a was an knee injury last week when he when he quit the um the doubles in, in Adelaide once. I'm not I'm not too sure about his stamina. I think it could be one that Rubliev will probably end up winning. But I think I've well, I've gone for the two one uh, on Rublev here and set betting. And what price is that? Two one to Rublev. Uh, it's just under three to one. Around about three to one is the best price you get on that. I think. So three to one Rublev to win two one against the fired up Kokonakis. He's also going to have all the home support as well. So he's going to put on a bit of a show. Do you don't think there's going to be any suggestion that Kokonakis won't be trying in this game for sure? Oh, yeah. Rublev. Obviously, the tournament favourite and uh, wants to go in a bit of form coming into the Australian Open. And also, it's probably yeah. quite a good idea, a leading contender, to be tested and see his match fitness and go quite deep in a game as well. So, Rublev... Yeah, he's won so, the title there as well, didn't he? He won it in 2020. Uh, mm-hmm. well, he's, so he's, effect, he's effectively the, is he effectively the defending champ. No, he isn't the defending champ. This the no. uh, Auckland event hasn't been played since 2020. Uh, yeah. So, Rublev is minus 286 to win the match. Kokonakis is plus 220, but Sean's bet... And his only pick in Adelaide the... 2 for round two is Andrzej Rublev to win 2-1. And it's the first part of a monster parlay. So don't go anywhere. We're going to come on in a minute now and look at the event in Auckland where the other part of the parlay is there. Uh, for me, I think Tommy Paul at plus 107. It's not an official play, but I do think that um, that to me is a, is, a, is a match where both players are minus 110. I think it's a pick and match. I think mm. it's a 50-50 call. And at plus 107, I'd have a slight lean towards Tommy Paul because I wasn't impressed with Jack Draper and he's recovering from an injury at the end of last season. So Tommy Paul, I think at plus 107, maybe a little bit of value there for myself. But not an official bet. It's the Sean who's the, the man who gives the bets. And I just sort of put, 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 put it all together, try to try to piece it all together. Uh, let's move along to Auckland now. And this is a really, really interesting tournament. I mean, yeah. Sean, we spoke about it on Sunday where Sean give you the, the real heads up there about the weather conditions. I don't think any bookmaker had even factored that in until Sean had actually pointed that out. We gave four picks on the outright market. One of them, unfortunately, has been beaten, but three of them still remain in the tournament. Uh, Halis, Shelton and Wolf. Uh, Wolf was our pick in the first round at plus 108. So 
if you're new to this or you haven't watched the episode on Sunday, um, there's been a there was a cyclone that hit New Zealand in Auckland, which meant this tournament is the first round was played indoors, which meant it was particularly fast. It was uh, it suited all the big servers, and there was a lot of players who didn't fancy the conditions at all, and and that was proven in the first round matches. Uh, before we go on to the tennis, uh, let's give us a weather update, Sean. What's the weather, what's the <laughs> weather factor in this uh, in Auckland? Over to you, Sean Calvert, for the weather report in New Zealand. Yeah, I think it's not as cut and dried as it was the other day. I mean, the, the, uh, yesterday's play was was never likely to happen outdoors because it was such a such a hundred percent washout was always likely. But this, this is this is more of a a sort of consistent light drizzle over the next couple of days. Um, it, I'm assuming based on it, it just looks like it's going to be, if if you are going to try and play this outdoors, I think it's going to be on, off, on, off, on, off. I, I presume that they will play this indoors. If they do play it outdoors, by the way, there's 25 mile an hour winds to throw into the bargain as well. So I, I think they'll play this indoors. It's, it's, it, the, the forecast doesn't look doesn't look hopeful well, enough. They haven't got the time, have they? They they haven't got the time to cram it all in. I yeah. don't think the players would want a, 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 a tournament before major that's affected by the weather. So no. I, I think we have to read that this tournament will be indoors. I think, yeah, mm. if there's w- wind, rain predicted, stick it all indoors. It's a two fifty event. Get everyone some practice and, and move on to the major because everyone will just withdraw and, it, and no one's going to you know if, if you if we lost the day's play, where are they going to fit it in? No it's a big problem. It. Yeah, it it's a big problem. It's, it's a big problem for them in the sense that they've sold a lot of tickets for this this tournament, and if if it's taken indoors, which it, it has been and probably will be again, then they've got to refund all that money. So, as a tour, and plus they don't, no tournament ever wants to play in different conditions than it's supposed to be played on. But sometimes you have no choice, you know. And they, they were pretty decisive. A lot sometimes tournaments dither and sort of go, oh well, let's let's hope it clears up, and it ends up being carnage where you've got players playing two matches in one day. Um, but to their credit, they've been pretty decisive and they've gone, right, let's move this indoors. And and that's that's what they seem to be be doing. And I, what I assume they will do again. Let's have a look at the outright markets. As I said, we have three players remaining from our four picks through to the last 16. Uh, the tournament favourite is Casper uh, Ruud, uh, plus 225. Obviously, a man who had an absolutely unbelievable season last year. Cam Norrie is plus uh, 350. Cam Norrie will want the tournament to be played outside, as Sean said on Sunday. His record indoors is pretty diabolical. Uh, Jensen Brooksby is plus seven. David Goffin, 1,100. Diego Schwartzman, 1,400. Uh, Giron. 1400 and Gasquet 1600. And then you have our three players, uh, Quinton Hales at plus 1700, Ben Shelton at uh, plus 1800, and JJ Wolf at plus 2000. I-, I think that our three players have got a much better chance than the odds are reflected here. I, I, I that, yeah. that bracket between Brooksby and Gasquet, if you take that bracket out, I think our three give any of them a match. I can only see as far as Schwartz, Schwartzman. Just, I don't know whether that's my screen or what, but... Um... Oh, well, I'm sorry. I, I, well, I know Schwartz, what you mean. Schwartzman's anyway. 1,400, and then you've got uh, Geron at 1,400, Gasquet at 1,600. Right. Okay. I, I know roughly what the what the, what the I just can't see it on that graphic. Okay. I can only, only see as far down as Schwartzman. Yeah, I mean, that was the plan at the start. Um, I'd hoped that they were going to play this indoors, um, and I I'd kind of factored that in, uh, whether the bookies had or not is... is Debatable, I suppose. But yeah, I mean, Hallis started great. He won 94% of his first serve points in his first round match against uh, against Molchan. You know, if you're, if you're serving like that, if you're serving and winning 94% of your first serve points, you're not going to lose many matches. 
you might lose the odd tie break and stuff. But that that was the plan. It didn't work out with Umber, who a little bit unlucky actually lost seven six seven six to to Eubanks in a in a match that was dead level fifty fifty and all the stats. A little bit unlucky to lose that, but um, you know, and the, the, the match that we were talking about the other day uh, when Wolf. Um, when Wolf won, he he was impressive. He carried on in, in the form that he showed towards the end of last season and, she- and uh, last season. And Shelton, he had a pretty handy first round match, didn't he, against uh, Sebastian mm. Baez? But you know he won it well. And th- these guys are all are all dangerous. I had a look at the stats actually of Shelton. Um, he's averaging ninety one percent holds of serve over the last twelve months on indoor hard. I think a lot of that wasn't most of that wasn't at main level. It was at lower level. Um, and Halis is averaging eighty nine percent again, mainly at challenging matches. But these these guys are dangerous indoors, and you've got the likes of Schwartzman, Brooksby, who doesn't get any free points off his serve really. Goffin, very in and out, very hard to predict, and not a great record um, in this part of the world. Giron again, he's got to play really well because he doesn't get many many free points from his first serve. Gasquet thirty six. I'll come on to in a minute. I think this is open. I think this is as open as I hoped it would be at the start of the week. Yeah, I think this is. I think we've got a real chance of getting one of our men through to the final here. I really do. I think that um, the front two are so far, so short, plus 225, plus 350, Norrie. And then mm. that next bracket of six players or five players there. Brooks I can see it all now. Brooksby, <laughs> De- Brooksby down to Gasquet. I mean, none of them I would have at all. And I feel that no. we're going to get a big price or a shock here. And I think we're in the right place. I think Shelton Wolf. Ali's is definitely where you want to be. So that I'm I'm very confident heading this. And I know we're definitely going to have a quarterfinalist because yeah, that's up, certain. it's the Calvert Seeley uh, showdown uh, in the quarter. Which is a in, in the it? second match. And it's a 50-50 call. Let's yeah. have a look at the uh, second round selected matches over in Auckland. And yeah. uh, obviously the big one for us is uh, Halley's against uh, against Shelton. Um, there are the odds. Um, hopefully you can see them now. Okay. I can see the top four. Right. Okay. So there are the odds. Uh, Wolf, Schwartzman, Souza, Gasquet, uh, Lechecki against Norrie, Shelton against Halis, uh, Eubanks, Goffin. Um, the big one for all these, if you want. Yeah. Yeah. You you take it away, Sean. It's over to you. Um, do you want me to start with the second leg of the parlay? Yes, please. Okay. Uh, that's for Norrie to beat Leheka uh, by two sets to one. Same, same sort of scenario as the Rubliev match. Same sort of price. Um, again, this is, I'm assuming this is going to be moved indoors. And if that is the case, an explosive type of player like Lehecker can certainly worry Norrie, who's obviously won't have played. I can't imagine he's trained that much on the indoor hard. He certainly hasn't played a match, you know, match conditions on it. Whereas Lehecker's played three matches already through qualifying and through the first round. So you would certainly argue that Lehecker is, is the one more attuned to the conditions. Now, these, these two played on indoor hard just over a year ago in Davis Cup, and Norrie won it, but he only won it by two sets to one. Um, and there's always nerves. Norrie's often nervy playing in Auckland. I remember I backed him about 28 to one in 2019 outright, and he got to the final. He didn't didn't really show up for the final against Tennis Sangdron. Um, he also lost in the first round last time he played her in 2020 to Tiago Montero. So he can be a little bit shaky uh, playing in his home city of Auckland. As I say, Lehecker's already had three matches, so I don't I don't expect Lehecker will win, but I think he can probably take a set. And the two one set bet is is the second leg of my parlay there. So what price are we getting the two one here? Similar thing, price? around about three to one. Yeah. So we're we getting what price is, is the parlay? 
What have we got? What odds are we got? Uh, that is, I got it at just over 14 to 1. It's a 14 to 1 parlay. And that parlay is in the ATP Adelaide 2. We're going for Rublev to win two sets to one against Kokonakis. And in Auckland, we are going for uh, Norrie to win two sets to one against Leheka. Now, those matches will start lunchtime, so early evening uh, over in America and go through the night. So make sure you get that parlay on. Uh, before the action starts. So that's our parlay. Take us away yeah. with them. It's got some quite interesting looking games here. I think Wolf, if he continues his um, form from the first round, will get the better of Geron at minus one twenty seven. And mm. uh, I, 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 I'm going. I'm going to. Um, I'm still going to go with my man Shelton to beat your man here. And I'm, I'm going to take the even money, Shelton. But we'll see. I don't okay. want to. I never want to oppose you. I never want to oppose you. But uh, I think I think that really is a pick'em shelter. It depends who serves the best on the day. I think it's going to be a. I can imagine there's possibly a tiebreak or two in that. I would have thought. Um, never met before. Very similar statistics on indoor hard. I think that that really could go either way. Um, the the first match, Wolf against Girard. I was hoping that Wolf was going to be underdog in that. Um, not sure I like him a slight favourite. These play these guys have played twice before, played um five sets in total, and Wolf hasn't broken gear on serve yet, which which would be a bit of a concern. I know the matches were a little while ago. Giron is often, as I said before, a little bit underpowered um on indoor. I think he only won fifty-seven percent of his first serve points uh in his first round match, which went the distance against uh Correa. So he, he has to play to make up for that lack of power, he has to play really well off the ground. And, you know, I, I just think it's 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 tough to see Giron winning this tournament, but he, he could win that match against Wolf, depending on how well Giron plays off the ground. I wouldn't fancy Wolf at slight odds on. I was hoping he was going to be odds against. I might have been interested. But the bet I've had here is, um, is in, in the Sousa, uh, Sousa, Sousa against Gasquet match, which I, I just think Gasquet's miles too short to win this. Mm. Um, I've taken Sousa plus three and a half games on the handicap around about 10 to 11. I mean, this, th- these two guys played twice last year, once at Wimbledon, which went five sets. Um, Gasquet ended up winning it in the end, but, um, the statistics weren't certainly weren't in his favor. If you, they also played, uh, in Geneva at altitude on the clay, uh, semifinals there. And Sousa won that pretty comfortably six, two, six, two. If you take the stats, of those two meetings, just put them together in terms of service points one and return points one. Sousa's some way ahead, seven points better on serve, seven points better on return. It just looks to me like one of those matches where it's, it's going to, Sousa's going to make it a physical battle. You know, Gasquet's 36 now. Is he, is he capable of still coming out on top of these physical battles? He might do, but I don't mind having Sousa at plus three and a half. He's one of these guys that is very difficult to predict, Sousa. He came from absolutely nowhere and won Pune this time last year in, in quickish conditions, again at altitude, Geneva at altitude. It seems to me these days that Sousa's better when it's quicker. And obviously if it's indoor hard in uh, in Auckland, that's that's going to help him. He's also a former finalist in Auckland, so he's he's, you know, he's not averse to going deep here. It's difficult to to, to know when Sousa's going to find one of these peaks of form because after that Geneva um, tournament where he ended up just losing in a final set tiebreak in the final to, um, to Rude, he didn't win back-to-back matches for the rest of the season, apart from in Davis Cup. So he does have these very extended periods of, of not playing well, and this this could be the right time to back him. I, I just like this matchup. I think Gasquet's going to have to play really well to cover 
to cover a three and a half game handicap. You're going to have to, you really want to pull for Gasquet's best chance is to win it in straight sets, isn't it? And he's got to come out and win a 30. If we go into a final set, Gasquet could tank. That, that's my that's mm. my opinion of Gasquet at the moment. So it's, it could be a, a bet that uh, obviously we take the three and a half, hopefully you get to the final set and in play, uh, going into the final set, I'll be looking to back Salsa to uh, to defeat Gasquet. I mean, did, did we watch him play, didn't we, Gasquet, in Paris as well? And he, he started yeah. off really well, the crowd behind him, and then he just completely ran out of, used, excuse the pun, but he ran out of gas, didn't he? And he was absolutely, <laughs> he was absolutely leggy as anything. And he's 36 and he's, his game mm. has his game has all been about movement and that backhand. I mean, he hasn't been a massive server, has he? He's just technically very, very good, and he and he's moving around the court. Great talent, yeah, great, great talent. talent. But going into the final set, I wouldn't fancy him against anybody at the moment. Yeah, I'm just not sure he's going to. Yeah, I mean, he's not going to cover. I mean, Suse, Suse, what do I keep calling him Suse for? Suse is going. He should fancy this because, as I say, on the stats of these two, he, he arguably should have won that Wimbledon match because he he created by far the more breakpoint chances. It was. I think he created 13 breakpoint chances and took only four. Gasquet created five and took all five. So Gasquet was obviously the better on the big points, but statistically, it's it's very much been in favour of Sousa. And, and those two meetings were only last season, so it's not like I'm going on data from you know five years ago or whatever. Um, just looks a very, very poor price. If we just look at, back at the prices that Gasquet was for those two matches, um, I'll do it in decimal. Gasquet was 1.64. Um, for that Wimbledon match and 1.52 for the Geneva match, which he lost. And now he's about 1.36. Yeah. It just, there's no basis for that other than, other than Sousa's poor recent form. That's, that's the only basis for this price. It's not based on statistics. And obviously we're hoping Sousa's going to have a decent day, but, I don't mind taking a chance on this set of, this set of uh, stats. Yeah, just to, just to put them into American odds, it was minus one sixty two, and minus two dollars uh, when Gasquet last played uh, Souza, and today uh, he's minus two seventy five uh, yeah, against an opponent sure. who's won the tournament before and who uh, is you know is. Has pushed him close in the two previous encounters, and obviously well, Gasquet's coming towards the end. Beat of him the... easily in Geneva, and yeah, lost the tight lost, one. In, yeah. And you know, uh, Gasquet obviously minus two seventy five. So the, the fade is Gasquet in some kind of capacity. Um, maybe you know Sean's pick here is Susan plus three and a half on the game handicap. Maybe look at plus two ten to win it if he goes to the final set. But certainly for me, the way I'll be looking at play this game is I'll be watching the game and hoping that we go into a final set. And if we can get plus one seventy five or plus one eighty uh are going into the Sousa going into the final set, then I'll be definitely, definitely taking a bit of that, putting the trigger because Gasquet is definitely he's he, he shot to pieces in the final sets uh, of these of these matches as we've seen recently in his career. Um, okay, Sean. So they are the picks for this midweek edition. We go through of the rest. Better match. We, uh, we yeah, out of time. You, no, no, we haven't run out of time. I thought I thought you didn't think there was anything else you wanted to talk. There's about. There's no more but picks, but we can talk about some of the matches. No, not running out of time at all. The min- when we run out <laughs> of time, I uh, I panic. So just okay. you, you you carry away, my friend. Carry away. Um, I probably might need the graphic actually. Yeah, on the this. graphic oh. is, is it coming up? It will do eventually. Right, right, on, you, Let's we'll, talk we'll... about Brooksby and Schwartzman, shall we? Okay. This 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 is an interesting one. Um, two guys who I've said just not really built for indoor hard. I mean, Brooksby um is one sixty six point six percent of his first serve points on on uh, indoor hard. Schwartzman 
percent of his first serve points, and that's you know it's just it's just not enough. You know these guys have got to similar to similar to gear on. They've just got to play really really well off the ground to to beat guys that can out, that can overpower them. Um, the last time these this pair met, I don't know whether you remember, it was in Antwerp. Brooksby had tape pretty much all over him. I think he played six matches to come through qualies, and he he played Schwartzman, and he I think he got beat six love in one of the sets. He had absolutely nothing left. Um, would you back Brooksby at one point? What was he? One point six, one point six two, something like that. Not for me. Um, difficult one, isn't it? If Schwartzman plays well off the ground, then he's he's certainly got the capabilities of winning that match. Very difficult one. Um, don't know whether you've got any thoughts on that, but um, otherwise I'll move on to the all-French affair with Les- between Lestienne and Barrère. I think I think that the, the, the all-French affair is a lot more interesting than the, the, the game that we were, well, I was going to speak about there. But I, I, I thought I wanted to get with Brooksby, actually. I wanted to oppose Schwartzman, but I never thought for one minute that Brooksby would be minus 182. And that, and that yeah, price put me off completely. That's a physical battle, isn't it? And I just thought because of the court conditions, if it was played indoors, I'd want to be opposing Schwartzman. But Brooksby at minus 182, if you're taking Jensen Brooksby at minus 182 uh, for any match in this kind of level of tennis, you're going to be ended up doing your money long term. So that I, I decided to swerve that match. Yeah, there's some tricky ones. Lestien Barrer's not easy either. Lestien's got a 5-2 head-to-head um, lead in the career series. Only one of them was recently. It was last year in a challenger final at Lestien won. Um, he's had a hip injury, Lestien. He's, he's mentioned that he's, he's got a hip problem, which which would put me off backing him. But this is a classic matchup, isn't it, with a more crafty, sort of stylish player that that doesn't really have a, a huge amount of power in Lestien against someone like Barrer, who's more aggressive, goes for his shots, but is prone to, to a lot of errors. Um, I was tempted by Barrer based on the fact that Lestien does have a an injury and, and Barrea played pretty well against Isner, but you can't, you can't really, really rely on Barrea to be consistent from, from match to match. So that's, that's an absolute pick on that one. Um, the other one that's interesting perhaps is, is Goffin against, uh, against Eubanks. I wouldn't be at all surprised if Eubanks won. They played, played once before, which was um, at the Phoenix challenger in March last year. Um, Goffin won it, but Eubanks actually won one more point overall. Uh, than Goffin, who hit uh, he hit twelve double faults in that match. Goffin, it's not like he goes for big second serves. Um, you, you just can't, you just can't. I mean, I don't know whether you can. I just cannot pick Goffin at all. I just find him incredibly frustrating player to to even think about. I think him. the market here it, it looks the same as the outright market. I think that the more traditional players, you know, the Gasquets, the Goffins, are massively, massively. Overrated. I think minus two seven five Gasquet. You'll go skint betting that. Goffin minus one ninety five. Never bet that. Casper Rudd even at minus five sixty. I mean, what motivation has Casper Rudd got to be playing this against Laszlo Jerry? Who had a brilliant result yesterday. Jerry's certainly definitely getting better on hard courts as well and, and faster courts. He's you know he's a clay mm. court form. But then towards the end of last season, he was getting some good results. I think the favourites here, but the heavy favourites, all look vulnerable. Norrie minus four dollars, Goffin minus one ninety-five, uh Casper Rudd at minus five sixty, and Gasquet minus two seventy-five. I think at least one of those gets beat. Um uh, uh, maybe two. Uh, and I, I think there's value to oppose all of them in some kind of capacity. Yeah, I think with Rude, it's very much based on motivation. If he's actually motivated to do well this week, he should beat Jerry. I mean, I watched Jerry against Moonar. I could only I only watched the end of it. I couldn't suffer three sets of that. It's, watching Moonar is painful at the best of times. But, I mean, on indoor hard, especially, he's just, he just lobs it up and waits for a mistake. 
normally comes at about the 28th shot of the rally. And it went went all the way to the final set tiebreak. Uh, I think Jerry Jerry was served for it at 5-4, 30-love. Failed to serve it out. And then it went all the way to a tiebreak and Jerry eventually won it. I, I'm not so sure that I see Jerry being a motivated rude. Yeah, but the question is, is he motivated? Would yeah, that's the question. That's yeah, the question. Is he? I don't, I, we don't that's know. That's why do he's we? minus $6. I mean, he's yeah. minus he, $6. If I was rude, I'd be thinking, I don't I don't fancy this. I've looked at the forecast. It's going to be raining all week. What is the point? I might as well go to Melbourne. That's what I'd be thinking. Mm. This, yeah, that's 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 the whole point. So I think these favourites, I mean, that's Goffin minus 195. No, no. And I don't think the middle section of the of the, of the bracket and the, the young up-and-coming players are getting the credit they deserve in a tournament like this. This, this. this screams a shot winner for us, and I'm really happy with our future picks. I think if one of them gets to the final. Well, that's why I chose Auckland. That's why I didn't have a bet in yeah. in, um, in Adelaide too. I just, nothing, nothing stood out as worth backing. But here, I thought there was quite a few possibilities. And, you know, luckily we've got, um, well, not luckily, but we've got, Three of them still going, and yep, three, three through to the second round, and we're definitely going to have a quarterfinals, as we say, because we have a clash between Seely and Calvert in the second round, and we'll we'll see who has bragging rights to that on Thursday when we come back for our final game bet and match on the ATP Tour of the week. Uh, that's been it for game bet and match. Thank you very much for following, and thank you very much for downloading us please download us from your preferred uh, podcast provider obviously you can follow us on our youtube channel uh, sorry you can subscribe to us on our youtube channel which is at, uh, at sorry oh, I keep getting these confused or so many different things to say uh, <laughs> at, the, at the bet rivers network and you can obviously uh, follow us on our twitter handle which is at because we win uh sean uh, delightful as ever tomorrow myself and james blake will be back looking at the big talking points of the tennis uh, this week we'll talk about alcaraz uh who's obviously going to miss the the australian open and obviously uh some other big news in the women's event as well emma Raducanu, uh, and obviously ozaka missing the, the uh the australian open so we'll be looking at that as well tomorrow from a from a player's perspective um sean thank you very much for joining me as always i'll look forward Pleasure. to speaking to you on thursday hopefully we have uh, a couple of our picks through to the quarterfinals and we can cheer them on and obviously there's a monster parlay uh from sean here uh two players to win 2-1 rubelev to win 2-1 in adelaide and Cam Norrie to win 2-1 in Auckland. It pays about 1400 uh, with Bet Rivers. So get on that bet now because that match, those matches get starting not only a few hours' time, uh, early evening uh, across in America and all the way through the evening as well in the UK. So take care and we'll speak to you again on Thursday. Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network. 